You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Jonathan Casillas, and we're going to be here for the next hour or so to talk Giants football and maybe other, other NFL topics, uh, should you be so inclined. You can give us a call at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. And don't forget, uh, this show, not, not just being live, it's also on the archive at Giants.com slash podcast and all of your favorite podcast platforms everywhere now having that gotten out of the way there was some news today jonathan want to get to it right off the top of the show because everybody knows that you know giants had seven draft choices this past year that they were able to use uh they had signed i guess it was uh, five of their picks already and then reportedly this morning it's not confirmed yet at least i don't believe it was confirmed yet but there was a report by aaron wilson uh the media fellow out of uh, texas that the Giants had indeed been able to ink their first-round draft choice, the cornerback out of Maryland, uh, Deontay uh, um, Banks, who, quite frankly, again, the Giants had to trade up one pick to go to number 24 when they made the deal with Jacksonville to secure his services. Oh, I mean, it's always good when business is handled, right? It's always <laughs> good when business is out the way, and you can put that behind you and worry about what you got to do. You know, uh, Deontay Banks, tremendous player. I think he's going to have a good career, um, you know, playing in his defense under Wink Martindale. That's awesome. And it's always good to get that stuff figured out before you really get going, you know, before you really get in the thick of it. Because they're just starting OTAs. Is the second week, am I mistaken? Or is the well, they're week? in the second phase, second phase. of the offseason program. OTAs begin on Monday. Next week. Okay. So second phase, week two of the offseason program, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, so it's good to get that stuff figured out. And you got one guy left to figure out. I'm pretty sure they're going to get that done sooner than later. That's the second-round pick, John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota. Uh, He is the only one of the seven draft choices who has yet to sign. Now, it was different back in the day when they didn't have rookie salaries slotted by their draft uh, number. And, you know, I can always tell you, folks, it was such a media circus every time the training camp opened because guys were always unsigned. And then that first day or two of training camp, everybody's running around all over the place trying to find out uh, if they can get a hold of the agent or get a hold of the player or if they can get a hold of it. In those days, it was George Young as the GM. What's going on? Is the guy coming in? Are you guys getting close? When do you expect them? It was insane. It was like chasing after a needle in a haystack, trying to find out if all of the rookies were going to be in on time. And invariably, there was always one or two yep. that were going to wind up holding out for a short period of time. But when the NFL went to the slotted draft pick salaries, which, of course, was part of the CBA, that changed everything, Jonathan, because it took the business out of the hands of the negotiators, and it basically said, okay, look, there's going to be a couple of things you can tweak, the guarantee, the bonuses, that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, we kind of know what you're going to get. You kind of know what you're going to get. And there's not a lot of wiggle room there. Oh, yeah. And and there were there was another thing that bothered me, and I'm sure it, it kind of you know pissed off a lot of people or aggravated a lot of people, that these rookie quarterbacks 
were getting paid if they got picked first or second, especially first overall. Sam Bradford, Jamarcus Russell are two people that come to mind. Mm -hmm. They're getting paid $40, $50 million guaranteed with zero snaps proven in the NFL. You know, that was a that was a big issue with me. No question. You know, well, we're a lot about, of guys. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady back in those 2011, 2012 when they was kind of like those guys, or 2009, 2010, and these guys are coming in off, the, in, you know, from college, no snaps, and they're getting very equitable money to the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a big problem. I think that was a big issue. You know, Jamarcus Russell, you know, I hate to – throw any dirt in there I'm not trying to do that but he was a guy that was unproven got no. a lot of money and didn't pan out you know Sam Bradford got he's been number one pick overall if I'm not mistaken he was like a 70 million dollar contract or something like that it was absurd and he actually played out a, a decent career he started a lot of games in the NFL not really that pro bowl all pro type of guy on a mm -hmm. consistent basis but he did okay but then you had there had to be some type of median there had to be something that uh, the NFL and the teams need to figure out, and I think they did that. And that not only kind of alleviates that problem, but the problem that you're talking about, getting stuff done, getting the business figured out before it really goes. Because at the end of the day, you don't be you don't want to be worried about as a player or 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 a team. You don't want to be worried about money. You don't want to be worried about numbers. You want to be worried about these guys playing and how good are they actually playing and how do they fit into the scheme into this team. I think it was actually the veterans who went to the players' union and said, this whole rookie contract thing's getting out of hand. Absolutely. As you discussed. And and they were able to negotiate in that CBA some years ago that we're going to slot, the, there's going to be a rookie salary cap, and we're going to slot the prices. And, and I think that that lessened the resentment of a lot of veterans who, when they saw these rookies coming in, making mega, mega millions, and in a lot of cases making a lot more, not just equitable with, with the veteran players, but in some cases making more yep. than some guys who had already put vested years into the league. It was it was insulting. Yep. So so that was one of the really good business decisions the league made years yeah. ago. Yeah, and I'm not saying they have a lot of questionable decisions, but I think that's something, especially because I was in the league when that happened, and me being a veteran well, player. that's why I'm bringing it right, up. Right, me being a veteran player, they basically took that money and kicked it to the veteran players. Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely appreciate that, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I always, you know, I, I always, for me, it's like, you know, if you can play 10 years in the NFL, I don't care how much you played, you're a proven player, you know, you, you had dreams of playing in the NFL, maybe you had dreams of being an all-pro player, even if you didn't make that, you're still success in the NFL. You know, I played nine years, and I had some starts. I, I was a captain of the New York Giants, and I've played a lot, but I had to earn everything, every single thing, especially being undrafted, mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of guys like myself, when I was playing, some of these guys that, that were coming in unproven, getting so much money, it's like, man, this league is hard to play in, man. Who knows how good these guys are gonna be coming in, you know? And and that was something that we thought about. That was something that we talked about, of, of course, as as veteran players, and they, and they definitely figured that out. And now moving forward, it's like now the veterans and the quarterbacks, so the, these quarterbacks now are, are up into the $50 million a year. So we used to do $50 million overall. Now they're doing $50 million a year. And this is not even 10 years ago. Yeah, the, the numbers are insane. It's insane. One other point that I want to get to <clears throat> about the rookies, and we'll get to your phone calls in just a couple of minutes, but I do want to get uh, another issue here clarified by Jonathan because, you know, every year, the number one draft choice when he comes into a locker room gets obligatory duties. Yeah. Whether it's he's got to pick up the tab for this or that, or he's got to bring in the donuts every week, uh, the, you know, he's got to carry equipment. There's always something that the number one pick is going to have to do to pay his, quote, dues during his rookie season for being that glamour boy getting tagged as a first-round draft choice. Uh, do you have any memories of particular first-round picks that you'd like to share with us where they had to, uh, let's just say, do some menial tasks? Yeah, so my my year, my first year in New Orleans, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, Jersey mm -hmm. guy, uh, he was the first-round draft pick. And I think we spoke about this before. They would take, you know, the, the younger guy. Well, it would be a defensive or – uh, a dinner, you know, mostly like it was a defensive dinner. So it wasn't really strictly position group all the time. But during a year, it'd be like 12 guys or whatever the case may be. And then guys would split the tab usually. 
But the DBs, when Malcolm Jenkins was there, they went out during training camp when they were like 13, 14 deep. So if he would have did that same number during the season, I'd have been eight maybe, maybe okay. nine. Yeah. And they made Malcolm give them, I think it was $1,000, if not more than that, to Best Buy. So he had to take the guys <laughs> to Best Buy and give them whatever, a $1,000 gift certificate or whatever the case may be. Like basically a shopping spree on Malcolm Jenkins. And you did it to four or five guys that didn't even make the team. So I don't know if that was like Roman Harper's idea, one of the older vets, you know, Randu Gay, one of those older guys, Tracy Porter, one of those older guys that was in the in the room that maybe was like, we're going to get Malcolm. Because Malcolm wasn't as cooperative as rookies in the past, okay, right? Okay, okay. And then um, and also I remember this, um, Patrick Robinson. You remember him? He was mm -hmm. a corner. Sure. And um, it, it was either the next year or the following year when the uh, the Giants, the Saints drafted him in the first round, and he was another one of those rookies that really wasn't cooperative and probably wasn't taking <laughs> pads back, you know, off off the practice field. Yeah. Maybe wasn't getting food when they asked for food. Little stuff like that. You don't want to make those mistakes. Paul, they stole this man's car. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they, they took it and they parked it at Zephyr Field, which is, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away, like a quarter mile, if not a half a mile away from the facility. And they drove it over there. They parked it over there. And and I used to take my time in the, in the, in the, in the, um, the practice facility. So I'm staying, you know, maybe an hour after. And he comes back in sweating, man, I don't know where my car at, man. These guys took my <laughs> but that was, you know, I mean, he, I don't think it was no hard feelings past that day because eventually he ended up finding his car, of course. But that was some things that the guys did. And yeah. I, I was always, they didn't do stuff like that to me, especially early because I was undrafted. And they do a lot of stuff like that during training camp. And being an undrafted guy, they don't know if I'm going to make the team or not. So right. they're not really hazing right. me. You know, I had to pay for dinner. I think once uh, I split the bill, which was was awesome to split the bill instead of taking the whole bill on myself being undrafted. Well, because football guys no can money. eat, okay? <laughs> football guys can eat. Absolutely. And they're going to get that bottle of wine. They're going to get that $70 steak. Oh, yeah, man. So that was kind of the stuff we used to do. I remember one time um, one of the rookie uh, linebackers was kind of talking a lot of uh, smack and talking like up to, to the, a lot of veterans and – he was doing it to veterans that he didn't know, like guys that wasn't like to him worthy to okay. give him crap. Well, I'm not going to take your pad, bro. You didn't play last year. <laughs> and it's like, bro, that's not how this works. It's a right no, of passage. No. And it's not, if you take it like that, then it's going to be worse. You know what I mean? You're going to get it that's worse. That's right. So what we did was we taped him up to the pole. <laughs> we taped him up to the goalpost on the practice facility. And we were pouring cool, like Gatorade, water, and then this was bad too, and they did this to Malcolm as well. They would get duct tape and reverse it, like basically like double stick tape. Okay. And they would like rub it on their legs to like mess up their hair. Oh. It was bad. Like oh. it was it was bad for some guys. And uh, I don't know if you could even do that anymore, Paul. I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know if you could do I that I doubt anymore. it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stolen cars, I, I helped, to, uh, I conspired with Michael Strahan uh -oh. to steal O.C. Yomanura's Cadillac at training camp. How did that go? Uh, O.C. Was, was O.C. young? Was he a rookie? Uh, I, I think it was a couple of years in. Oh, so that's he, different. He wasn't See, a rookie. that's different. He wasn't a rookie. That's different. And, and he was a number two, all right, second round pick. But he was in a couple of years, and he had just bought this brand new Cadillac. Oh, my god! And we were up in Albany for Giants training camp. And Michael wanted to steal O.C.'s caddy. So we were at lunchtime, and so he had me keep O.C. occupied, talking oh to him gosh. and turning his yes. head the wrong way so that he could yes. sneak behind him. He had, he had, I don't know how he got, here's, here's where I'm innocent. I don't know how he got his keys, okay? <laughs> but he had O.C.'s keys, and while I'm occupying O.C., Michael's going behind him, and I see it. And Michael's got the keys, and he's like, no, don't say anything. <laughs> Hops in the car and pulls away, drives away with the car. O.C.'s done talking to me, and then he turns around. He sees his car is gone, and he freaked out. He absolutely, absolutely. freaked. And he, 
what happened to my car? Paul, my car was right away. Well, he was totally, and I had to play dumb. I couldn't give up Michael Strahan. <laughs> I mean, come on. So I totally located. Yeah. And OC was sweating. I know he was mad. He, he was, was sweating. Did he get his car time. back that day? Do you know? Fortunately, about 15 minutes later, Michael came driving up to where the lunchroom was at Albany. And he comes driving up and he, boom, he parks the car, he gets out of the car and he starts calling, O.C., O.C. <laughs> O.C. comes out of the lunchroom. My car, oh, you got me, you so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and O.C. looks at me and he goes, did you know? I'm like, O.C., oh, it's Stray. I can't. <laughs> I, I said, come on, I can't be turning in Stray. I said, yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, and Michael loved it. Michael yeah, was just, for sure. he, he was laughing so hard, I thought he was going to pass out. Yeah. Because O.C. had flipped. And these are training camp Brand stories. Brand new these are, these are These are training camp stories. <laughs> and, and I hope they're still doing little stuff like that. You know what I mean? Maybe not to the scale of, do, only certain people could pull stuff like that off. What? Michael Strahan. He's Michael Strahan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could do stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I was my first few years pulling stunts like that, you know? I had a promise so see that I would never do it again. Okay, okay. okay. I yeah. said, hey, this was Michael Because you don't once. know how them never guys going to react to it. <laughs> no. You know? Oh, he was. Some he guys was, see red, man. <laughs> I think, well, I, it was more the sweat pouring off his forehead because he was like nervous. really freaking got out. Got you a little nervous, didn't it? Oh, he was. He was. <laughs> anyway, he forgave me. I hope so. Thank goodness. I hope so. I knew he was going to forgive Michael. Right. My right. worry was, was right. he going to be okay with me? Right. Because you'd be around the building. You're around. <laughs> 201-939-4513. And don't forget, folks, uh, when you go to the Giants site, there's all kinds of programming there for you, including the Giants huddle, where you could find all of your uh, favorite uh, front office people and favorite media folks who do extensive interviews. Uh, you could also find that at Giants.com slash podcasts. Uh, all of your podcast platforms and don't forget you can leave a positive review and that'll help make sure that the program continues and Giants fans take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership stay connected to the club all year round not just on game days memberships are now available for the 2023 season to learn all about your exclusive member benefits visit Giants.com slash tickets limited inventory is available and finally don't forget about Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. We've gotten those PSAs out of the way, which means it's time for you, folks. 201-939-4513. Want to try to get to a lot of callers here. I'm with Jonathan Casillas. Let's go. Who is first up online here, Dom? Let's see. You got me calling uh, Cliff. Cliff in New York, you're first on the show. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi. Great to hear these stories up, about the rookies. That That's kind of what I was uh, planning on asking about anyway. Uh, I wanted to talk about the schedule um, first, uh, uh, especially how it ends the last three weeks. Um, but uh, before I get to that question, uh, uh, you know, I was kind of nervous about the schedule, and it occurred to me, wait a minute, we have a good team now. And nobody in the building uh, at uh, 1925 uh, there is worried about who they're going to play. They're going to they're going to they're going to show up every week totally happy with whoever they're playing and looking forward to it. So why can't I? Before you go anywhere, it's always about when you play them. You know who right. you're going to play. There's nothing you can do about that. The NFL sets that. 
but it's when right. you play them because you don't know who's going to be hot, who's going to be cold, who's going to be injured, who's going to be available. That's really the biggest factor you have to deal with with the schedule. Right, right. I understand. And But you were teaching us that uh, now that we're a good team, we're going to get more primetime games, so get used to it. But now that we're a good team, the league is planning for us to play other good teams. That's well, how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. You know, when 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 somebody's good, and, and you, especially in a strong market like New York, you know, the teams, the the Giants get a lot of viewership, especially when they're winning. You know, and then you you talk about the New York metropolis area. That's a that's a lot of people, you know. Is the Giants have a lot of fans all throughout the country, so if the Giants are doing well, people are going to want to see it. People are going to you know want to pay money to watch the Giants. You know, that's just how it works. You know, there's only a yep. few games that that depending upon your standings and your position slotting the year before, so that's not that big a deal. What it really comes down to is the divisional rotation. Now, last year, the Giants had a favorable divisional rotation where they played teams from a division that was weaker. This year, the the divisional rotation is the AFC East, which unfortunately picked a really good year for them to be good and bad for the Giants. Yeah, I didn't like that the NFC teams we're going to get outside the division was uh, the Packers, the Saints, and uh, Seattle because... Those are the organizations I've had the most respect for over the years, no matter what their record was the previous year. They always seem to be able to be in contention, no matter who their quarterback was. And um, But anyway, my big question was, um, the last three weeks, you know, with the Eagles two out of three, um, and, and everybody knows that the, a big major goal was to be more competitive with them. And, um, and so my question is, they, they teach us that, towards the end of the season the rookies aren't rookies anymore mm-hmm. and i'm so i'm thinking about the new guys but i'm also thinking about the guys that were hurt last year that didn't get a lot of snaps in games that presumably will still be with the team if they can make the competition but i think they're still on rookie contracts and i think they will be here um the question is we have guys that were hurt it seems like in just about every position group yeah and my question is is my question is, um, can can we um, think about some guys being um, more likely to come back strong because of the position they play? I guess I'm talking mainly about knee injuries, but there's other injuries too. You know what I mean? In other words, uh, does it does it help if you're a uh, an inside linebacker? Uh, does it help if you're a, a quarterback versus an inside linebacker or, or a running back versus a cornerback, that kind of thing, when you're coming back from these kinds of things? All right, Cliff, we'll take uh, your question, and uh, we'll please stay tuned, and I'll get Jonathan's opinion on this because specifically, I think I know who you're talking about. The Giants have Darian Beavers, a rookie out of Cincinnati last year who, because of a knee injury, was lost for the season. Right now, it looks like he has got a great opportunity a great opportunity to compete at one of the inside linebacker spots. I know they love him, and they think he could be a starter. Well, how much will last season being spent on IR impede his progress this year? It depends how he responds, how his body responds. You know, everybody's not Adrian Peterson. I feel like he's one of the anomalies that had an ACL or very strong knee injury and came back and probably was better the year after he rushed really? for 2,000 yards <clears throat> and you just don't see that you know you just don't see it so it might take him a while to get his feet underneath him you know he might not be that guy that he could possibly be or what once was and it might take him a while to get to that he may never return to that so we may get beavers of maybe the 90 percent beavers that we probably would have had last year before the injury if you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying um, or he might be able to come back and have a stronger, uh, you know, year this year because, you know, he didn't do anything last year, not playing at all, and actually contribute and play because the knee's intact. And just because he didn't play, that doesn't mean he didn't get better. You know what I mean? Like, he right. probably got better, mentally more prepared. He's a second-year pro, even though he didn't he didn't play any games last year. But he's definitely been in the system for two years. He's been learning. He understands how this thing works, NFL. He understands how it works, the ins and outs of it. And not maybe not the ins and outs of it, but he has a little bit of bearing and understanding of what it is. And it's not he has he had rest too. When you go from the end of your junior year 
to basically the end of your rookie year, you're constantly working. You don't have no rest because you got to do well for your senior year. Mm-hmm. You got combine training. You got uh, different uh, uh, games, senior bowl, shrine bowl, all that good stuff. Uh, combine. Then you got right in the OTAs, mini, rookie minicamp, right in the OTAs. So you don't really have time to rest and get your mind away from football. So I think he was able to do that in these last 24 months or whatever since right before his senior year that you know I think he's had some time to get away from ball and I think he's had some time to reflect on the type of person he is you know these are all huge things that go into a younger player an unproven player a player that we've never seen on film in terms of NFL play right Mm -hmm. and then a guy coming off an injury it has a lot to do with a mentality more than physically and that's why I combine both of them because it's like number one you got to see how that knee's doing if he is back to the beavers that we think he is or not even we think he is that he thinks he is or he knows that he is and then number two I think he had a year of experience even though it was on the shelf but he has a year underneath the shield underneath the NFL he is a pro he's going through one year of it yeah he hasn't played so he had to get used to traveling he got to get used to stuff like that mm-hmm. during the year but he understands he knows people in the building he's not he he knows how practices works he understands the playbook a little bit better so all of that has a play in it but if he can bounce back and be somewhat of the guy he was before injury there's no question that he's going to play a lot and he's going to be a very good player for the New York Giants. Now, it's often said a guy coming off of an ACL that first year, maybe you'll get 80% of him. And it's going to take a second season before you see the best that he's got to offer after at the least, rehab. At least, for sure. Yep. You know, so uh, it remains to be seen exactly where he's going to land once he gets back on the field. But this also begs another question, at least the call does. The Giants' bye week is in week 13. Now, On one hand, it gives you a second win for the stretch run, perhaps for your veterans. But for your rookies, holy smokes, by the time you get through training camp and the three preseason games, Mm -hmm. and now you got to get all the way to week 13 until you catch your breath. Realistically, Jonathan, you know, I know for a fact that there are a lot of rookies by your ninth or tenth game. Yep. They're sucking wind. That's about the rookie wall right there. Right? And Mm -hmm. and they're like, man, I need a breath. Yep. 13's a long way to wait for those guys. Absolutely. And you got a lot of young guys on the roster. And like I was saying earlier, you you don't really rest. Like after you play your senior year in football, you don't rest. You got to go right into training. You got to, and you're just all locked in with football. You don't get literally no time off. You know, and the guys that are really serious about their craft, they don't really take, you can't really take time off. You know, you're consistent. So when, you know, when you look at the NFL schedule, and um, uh, me and Lance talked about it, me, me and you talked about it last time, um, it, number one, you look at that first game. Number two, you look at that bye week. You got to see what that bye week is. You got to see when are you getting a little bit of time off, when are you getting a rest, right? And because they're playing so late, that's almost, it's almost two seasons of a, of, of a regular college schedule right you're talking about the preseason games you got the preseason going into that and then you add 13 weeks on top of that it's a that's lot. 16 games almost. that's a lot you know not including the prior weeks of in training camp that is a very long time to get a break from football because you do need a break you need to take a little time off just to kind of wind down a little bit now in beaver's case because he was ir last year and he wasn't allowed to practice remember when you're an injured reserve you don't even get to practice with yep. those guys it's all about mental and film work that's all you get Will he be in a better position to navigate a 13-week schedule before the bye or till the bye comes in week 13 because he had a year off, so to speak? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's not in the same category as guys that went through the entire grind last year, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and guys coming from college. You know, he's been working, though. Let's not get it twisted. When you have an injury like that, you're constantly doing rehab. You're constantly in. But it's not all ball. Well, he's not you're getting not, hit. That's what I was just about to say. You're not physically taking a beating. You're literally getting your body better. And and I speak about, uh, when I talked about Adrian Peterson last time, the reason why Adrian Peterson looks stronger the next year, because when you're working on one specific thing, you work on everything. You know, you got time to work on everything. So he had a year of not only getting his lower body and his legs right, but to correct any type of physical, structural ailments that he had. Maybe he was misaligned. You know, that's probably the reason why he had surgery in the first place. And then you get stronger up top because you're not had that banging on you. Like, mm-hmm. I could not lift throughout the season in any particular year. You know, and a lot of guys are like that where they have nicks in, you know, throughout their shoulders, so they're not lifting. So he's a little bit stronger than he was last year. He probably strengthened up 
the entirety of his lower body, not just the knee, but his ankles are probably stronger, his legs are probably stronger, probably has more flexibility. So he probably all around better athlete, maybe not as explosive as he once was, or maybe he is. We don't know. We, we don't really know. We don't know. You know, but being, like I was on IR early in my career, Victor Cruz is on IR early in his career, and we've had long careers after those IR years mm-hmm. with really good years right after surgery. You know, so it can happen, and we hope that it can happen because I think we saw some great things out of him in preseason last oh, look year. Look at Amani Toomer. He got injured early, you too. You know, blew out his ACL twice. See? It's there. You can do it. You can do it. And it, it shows a lot about who you are as a person, too, when you can respond and come back off of those injuries like that. You know, so it's going to be interesting when you watch some of the younger players. And I, I guess the call is probably also referring to even Pinnock and Belton mm-hmm. uh, at the safety spot, guys who were who were banged up and didn't go through a whole season of action. Uh, Flott was another one. Aaron Robinson, right? A lot of, a lot of guys. Corner. Wandale Robinson. Wandale. There's a bunch of, of young guys. players mm-hmm. Who have who have missed some time here, and it remains to be seen now how they will be able to respond in the 2023 season. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. The lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. Tom from Stratford, you're next on BBKL. Hello. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Hello. Happy uh, Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, listen, uh, uh, Jonathan, I called you last week, and I was the guy ranting against the NFL and the way I think they mistreat the players. And I'd like just to touch on that point again, but if it's an upsetting subject matter, I'll, um, I, I'll, I'll talk about Well, I'd rather else. you not repeat it. If you've got something yeah, you got new, something that's new, okay. We, we but talk about the scheduling, right? We're, we're not into repeats here, you know? We're trying to give new programming every day. Okay, well, I'm just saying that I think that the, uh, when I started, when I got out of college, all right, I was eligible for my company's pension plan the first day I walked into the factory and I don't see why the NFL union uh, pension plan can't cover the players the first day they step on the field. And I also think you guys should get, you know, 20 years of ortho care after your career and lifetime neurological care. So that's all I want to say. I think oh, you guys I should hold on. that. All right, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, look. I'm all for that, for sure. You know, <laughs> un- unfortunately, <laughs> we, we, we don't get involved in the business aspects. That's all negotiated between well, the ownership and, and the labor union. So, so in all honesty, I appreciate the sentiment, but there's not a whole lot we can add to that. We're saying. No, but I, I, I want to say, though, I've never met one individual person who did not support the players in any battle against the uh, owners. So um, players need to know the fans support them 100%. And we appreciate you guys for that, for sure. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. That he, I mean, he, he, he bring up an interesting point, you know, and I, I was, you know, I was thinking of that before too, because uh, uh, the kid last year, uh, Harmon, uh, what's his, the kid name that got hurt from Buffalo? Um, that heart stopped on the field. Oh, I'm what, forget, what's, what's, his, his, what's his name? Dom, I'm forgetting his name. Hamlin. Hamlin. Right, Hamlin. I said Harmon. Hamlin. Yeah. When, when I was concerned because he was in his third year, if I'm not mistaken, so he's not vested quite yet. Okay. And I was thinking like, if he's he coming has, back, by I the know, way. That's crazy. God bless him. God bless him for sure. But I was thinking if he had complications because of his injury for the rest of his life, he's not vested yet. He doesn't have full insurance coverage. Like for... for limited amount of years let alone lifetime you know and i think you need that especially if you get hurt from football i mean that's workman's comp and all that good stuff too but it ain't guaranteed for everybody though paul i don't want to speak out of turn here but there are some organizations and the giants are one of the classiest organizations in this league if not the classiest who in certain situations that are outside the normal bounds they will step up and do for that player. Yeah. It does happen. Yeah, that's good. That's I know good. firsthand yep. of some instances where that's happened. Yep. Now, that doesn't cover everybody. Right. And that's your point. Yep. Maybe there should be uh, some type of, of policy that's more broad-ranging. But I can tell you that there are a number of organizations who in the situation that you just discussed would find a way to help out that guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ryan Shazier, he gets hurt. And I'm, if I'm With not the mistaken, Steelers. the Steelers 
finished his contract mm-hmm. out, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, he retired. They gave him a lot of money, if I'm not mistaken. Too. I don't know what happened with Luck. I don't yeah, know about I know that. They gave him a lot of money, though. I don't know how much they gave him, but they gave him a lot of money. And it's not about the money. It's about the care. You right. know, like right. if somebody gets, you know, hurt where they can't perform like whatever duties or actually work or even with the CTE stuff with the brain, you know, even be competent enough to actually do work and service, whatever the case may be, you know, and that's, I think, a direct cause from football. The NFL should be responsible for it, no matter how much time the guys played in the NFL. You know, like if a guy comes in and, you know, severs his spine in the first year and he can't walk or he has limited range of motion or limited walking, the NFL should no doubt undoubtedly take care of that. You know, because it happened on the field, you know, and I'm like I said, workman's comp and all that good stuff. And you can sue and have a settlement against the, the league and stuff like that. But it should be in the, the the legislation. It should be in the CBA that I think it should be lifetime insurance because my insurance is about to be up. I've been retired five years. I think uh, Demora Smith, right, who's the uh, executive director of the NFLPA yep. right now, I think he might be in his last year. So there's going to be a vote taken by the players to find out who the new head's going to be sometime very soon. And it'll be interesting how the new executive director approaches issues like this when they talk to the league again. And that's something that the the players and the, the veterans and the retired players, that's something that everybody's been pushing for is lifetime benefits, lifetime insurance, lifetime coverage from the NFL to take care of guys that you know probably can't work uh, to the capacity that once could have if it wasn't for football, you know, and, and I think that's a lot, you know, and if we're taking steps towards that, I think a lot of guys that has been around the league, in the league, and that's out the league now, like myself, or being a retired player, we're all pushing for that, you know, so I think hopefully whoever that next guy is can figure something out and it can be a little bit more veteran slash retired uh, player friendly than it has been in the past. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Paul Dottino, Jonathan Casillas is with you here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, we mentioned earlier during the program that coming up on Monday is the first OTA, which is all part of the second phase of the uh, offseason program. As a player, where does that kind of change your off-season direction in terms of what you were doing? Because everybody knows when the season ends, everybody has to decompress for a little while. Mm-hmm. But if you were still playing, what would that schedule mean to you personally? Not necessarily what the coaches are doing, but how would you be approaching this month on the schedule? Uh, well, phase one is like a, basically like a real quick check what you've been doing physically for the sea, uh, for, uh, during the off season. Well, they call it the strength and conditioning phase. Yeah, but like literally they ease you into it. Like that first workout is not really hard. And I think that's liability reasons they ain't trying to get nobody hurt because they don't know <laughs> what everybody's been doing. Sure. So you can't make guys run, you know, four 300-yard shuttles given you don't know the type of shape that the guys are in, mm-hmm. right? So you kind of take it easy. They ease them back in, which I think is an appropriate thing to do. But for me, off season wise, I will always train myself to be prepared for whatever that uh, day of the first phase one practice or meeting was because uh, there's always limited amount of stuff limited classroom stuff no field stuff but it's all going to be what you've been doing physically wise you right. know have you been lifting have you been running are you in shape are you not in shape have you been eating well stuff like that because once you're back here in the facility like this is like the every single facility nfl facility nba all of the top sports it's a resort here at the facility they don't have to leave here they can eat breakfast lunch and dinner here even though it during that time of the year it's only basically breakfast and lunch and it's only like a half a day compared to what it's right. like during the season right but you can do everything here you can get your treatment here you can get your stretches here you can get your your cold hot tub therapy of course practice you can lift here but you we don't we don't massages. have a golf we don't have a golf course we don't have a golf though. course <laughs> we don't have a golf course but there i'm pretty sure there's guys that have access to local golf courses that are not too far away but it's a one-stop shop you know so for for me, it was like I love to be in a facility. I love to be here because I get all my work done. I used to see you all the time. Yeah, yeah. I get all my work done and get my, my hot tubs and my treatments and hang out with Ronnie Barnes in the training room, make sure I'm getting my extra treatments and stretches and stuff like that just so I can keep my body going. But before that, I mean, if if I was in Jersey, which I was living here, but teams prior, I would be in New Jersey training or in Arizona training just to get ready for that first day to hit the ground running. 
Now, I've seen excellent attendance at this offseason program. Where, again, the teams are not at liberty because it's all voluntary to this point to discuss who is not here or who is maybe periodically coming in right. and then maybe some, spending some time away. So, so no names uh, are going to be discussed here. But I will tell you, this team has had what Dable even said was excellent attendance. Uh, most of the guys are here. And and this team is very unified, and they seem to really enjoy themselves being here. Now, you were just talking about the benefits. It makes a lot of sense unless, unless and there have been some players over the years who have their own personal regimen that they've trusted forever, and they'll tell the GM or the coach, listen, I just want to let you know, I got so-and-so who works with me. This is what we do. They consult on the plan, and they'll go away to do what they do because to this point, it's worked for them. Now, that only happens, though, when the player and the coach and the GM have developed some sense of trust yep. and respect that they know this guy's <clears throat> not going to be goofing off. We know what he's doing. Yeah, I I never really liked that, you know, and I, I know a lot of guys have their guys. It does happen. It does. It definitely does. Um, but I never liked that because I believe, not to say he's an individual, but you're individually doing that by yourself, which is fine, and you're doing what you need to do. But this is a team sport, and as mo- as much as you can be- surround yourself with your teammates, as much as you can learn stuff with them and operate with them, that's going to build that cohesiveness and that bond mm-hmm. that I feel like really good teams have, you know. And I think that that'll take away from your productivity. Look at Tom Brady; he didn't he didn't go to training camp. Uh, was it last year or the year before? With he the didn't go to training camp. Right. You know, he, I know he had his little divorce and not little divorce. He had a divorce and everything that a lot he was of stuff going, going through. On. But him not being in training camp, I think, was very detrimental to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they they looked like crap all season long, mm-hmm. you know. And they they had a lot of the same guys there still, a lot of the same top receivers were there. Mm-hmm. Tom was there, even though he didn't look like Tom, you know. Mike Evans and him looked lost the whole year. I think that has a lot to do with him being around, you know. And I think <clears throat> when you have a guy like Tom Brady and you see him there, that raises a standard. Now he's not there. What do you think is going to happen to the standard? What do you think is going to happen to the process that they've been used to? You know, I think it throws everything off. I'm not saying that, like, we're no Saquon's working, right? Oh, I he's see, definitely working. I see working. stuff for him and OBJ. They're always working. But if we get him in the building, I think that's better for everybody involved. You know, he has to do things on his own because he's actually technically allowed, not allowed in the building. Right, he's because not Because he didn't sign. But we know he's getting his work. But it would be advantageous for him to get in here. And you know why, too? Not only just, you know, the camaraderie with your teammates and, you know, you, the synergy that you're creating, but you get that playbook one more time. You know, you get that playbook one more time, two more times. You get it one more time during this time of the year and then one more time in training camp, mm-hmm. right? So during the season, they don't go over plays. They go over plays that you're going to run that particular week. Right. So this is the time to actually learn terminology, actually learn the different type of, uh, talking about defense, the different type of fronts they'll have, the different type of coverages, the different blitz paths you'll have. So the more times you'll see it, that's when the coach can be a little bit more versatile because the guys are more aware of what they can do, right? And the more guys you have on the same page, I think the better you'll be. I think that's why last year, not to say they weren't uh, a multi-faceted defense because they were, but I think they were very limited because the group of guys didn't have that much experience together. Now you have that year, that year of playing in. Now you have an offseason in. Now another training camp. Now that's a lot of experience for a young group of guys under two years. You know, going into that uh, this this season this year, it'll be training camp season, offseason. Excuse me. Throw the OTAs in there. Then you got another OTAs, and then you got another training camp. That's five times that you will see a playbook. Over and over and over again. You can't tell me that's not better than twice. Well, think about this team, too. <clears throat> they've drafted seven players, and they've signed 11 free agents. All right? So add the, add the math. That's seven. That's 18 guys. New faces. Okay? 18. Minimum of 18 have a legitimate shot at being on the 53. That's a lot of players. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know. the more time you spend in the building around your teammates – I think the better you'll 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 be, you know. Like one of the one of my things I love to be around. Of course, I like my younger guys, but I like to be around the older veterans and see how they work. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Drew Brees was always in the facility when I was a rookie. John DeVilma was always in the facility when I was a rookie. And, you know, Vilma kind of took me under his wing. I watched how he worked as a professional. And that made me straighten up and me tighten up. And I, what I was doing when, since I was such a young player. You know, so I think it has, it, 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 it's good when you have representation that's always around and veteran leadership or guys that symbolize of what you think your type of player is. Your you glue guys. Exactly. Exactly. Of which Daniel Jones is one. I don't mind yep. telling you he's here Saquon's all the time. Saquon's one too. Saquon is that's one. That's why I'm like, bro, we need that guy in the building. Even I understand. Though, yeah, that's, that's a different situation it with, is. The, with that. Again, he's but, not allowed. Yeah, he's right not now, allowed. Right now, he's not allowed. But you know, as soon as he, if they do get it done before, uh, I guess, the offseason, before training camp, he's going to come. He's going to show up and he's mm-hmm. going gonna to be in shape. You know, Ooh, but. He will be. He got to learn some players. He got to learn who some guys are. You know, he probably, I mean, he he knows who Eric Gray is, but I'm pretty sure there's other guys in that room that they brought in as free agents. He's going to look at me like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Saquon. I've never seen you before I'm in my life. I'm sure he'd like to meet the center, right? John Michael <laughs> right, Schmitz, the right. rookie center. That's <laughs> exactly. a guy he's going to be running up his back a <laughs> lot sure. this year. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Uh, all right, 201-939-4513. We've got some lines open. I'm going to get back with another topic, but after the phone call. Charlie from Portland, Maine, you're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Hi. JC. What's up, Charlie? Hey, JC. Hey, maybe you can help me with this. I, look, I have no problem walking on water in the winter. I just have a problem in the summer. Can you uh, get any tips on that? Walking on water in the summer. Hmm. <laughs> Where are you it's going with this, Charlie? I'm not Where sure, but, but I think he has actually finally gone off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're JC, right? That's, that's oh. <laughs> Man, you had a reach for that one. That was interesting. interesting. Okay. I'm not that JC. Right. I'm the other JC. <laughs> not so yes, famous I, one. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> What's hey, up, Charlie? Uh, well, I was just going to say, look, in JC, we got... Three rookies and, you know, the first, you know, three picks. I'm not sure two – I think two out of the three may start, but they might not start. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think Hyatt's going to start. Schmidt, he might not start. It depends on how he picks things up. Uh, Bredesen, they seem to like him, and he's a vet. So, you know, are they really going to start those three rookies? I, I, You know, Banks probably will because Wink kind of loved the guy when they drafted him, but – that doesn't mean you know, he's I'm ready, Wink Wan. Right. Yep. Look, Charlie, I hate to say this. Oh, man. Do not put this on the archive. Charlie, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Charlie. You are right. There is a chance. There is a chance that none yeah. of those top three picks none start None of these rookies at all day. start. Yeah. There is a chance. You That is possible. I do yep. think, I do think, however – the plan would be for Mike John Michael Schmitz to be the opening day center, if at all possible. They will work with him trying to reach that goal. If he is not ready, he will not start. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree, Charlie. Yeah. You make a good point, Charlie. I don't, I don't yeah. mind it. We're we're good friends, right, Charlie? Me and you're good friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, gotta... <laughs> you don't want to do that. Okay, he's cool. You don't. I, I love do I, I love his topics. I know he gives Lance probably a little bit more crap than he does me. You know, but. <laughs> You make an interesting point, you know, because the top three picks, they may not play. But then you have some guys on the back end, maybe the seventh round safety, he might end up being a starter. You know, you just don't know. You know, with the depth, with injuries, with the health of players that are in front of them, you know, with talent. You know, some guys, some guys are like, they're going to show up 
and they're going to play their best ball they've ever played in their life. And I'm talking about some of these young guys. And some of these guys might have a bad year. You know, it happens. You know, and I'm not talking about health-wise. I'm just talking about, you know, they just don't make the plays they have normally made. And then maybe they'll bounce back the year after. Uh, who was the guy the Giants drafted from Georgia who was a really good corner in, in Georgia? And he came DeAndre here, Baker. And he wasn't Baker, that good. Baker. He was yeah. not that good. Didn't you know? work out. He, he, well, he didn't had, work he out. He had a lot of troubles and with he, a lot of things. Right. And yeah. he was a high yeah. draft pick, if I'm not mistaken. He was a one. He was a very athletic cornerback who can do a up. wide yeah. range of things. The skills were there. And he just didn't pan out. We've seen it happen. You know, so any of these guys can be tremendous players. Or any, any of these guys can be busts. Charlie, the important thing, in, in all honesty, and, and I'll, I'll say this to you because you, you do like to call up with, with an immediate pessimistic attitude quite often, <laughs> and that's with all due respect. I'm being very kind to you yeah, right I know, now. I know, I know. But, 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 but in truth, if, if yeah. none of the rookies start week one, it's not that big of a deal, okay? Because Deontay Banks was drafted for the long term. He is probably going to wind up being cornerback one by next year, right. in all honesty, and we'll yeah, be here, yeah, yeah. you know, through a second contract. John Michael Schmitz will probably, if all goes right, be a starter here for six, seven, eight, nine years. Yep. You know, so what what those guys do week one in 2023 is not a be-all, end-all. And I know some people are going to say, well, how did your number one pick not start opening day and get all freaky? Don't. Yep. It's not worth it. Yeah, hey, Charlie, yeah. I got no, a cool I'm... story for you, too. Speaking sure, about an undrafted corner. In New England, Malcolm Butler, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Malcolm Butler was undrafted. I signed with New England in the middle of the year. I got traded. He was a guy that was fifth inactive every week, you know, playing on special teams, not really in the defensive rotation like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had uh, um, you had Logan. We had we had some corners that year. We had Revis. We had Browner. We had Logan Ryan. We had um, Arrington, Kyle Arrington. And he was fifth or sixth on the depth chart. And he really wasn't playing at all the whole year. But when you watch him, just like uh, um, uh, the kid from uh, Boise State that played here in the Giants. Uh, what's his name? Dion. Dante Dion. Dante Dion. Tremendous athlete. Very good in training camp. Just needed a little more height. Very small, That though. kid could play. Never could really catch on during the year. But he ended up going to the Rams. But Malcolm Butler, all year long, he was a reserve corner. As the season was ending, you know, we had to move some guys around. He ended up working his way up the depth chart. And even in the Super Bowl, I saw him at halftime. And I looked at him. He looked a little down. I said, bro, how you doing? He was like, man, I ain't really, you know, getting too much work. I said, don't worry. You're going to get a play that come right to you. See that? Wow. You never yeah. know what happens. Wow. This yeah. was the play of yeah. his career. Not to say yeah. that the kid wasn't an amazing cornerback. He was, you know. But – he was an undrafted guy, you know, wasn't playing basically the whole year. I mean, he made the, making the roster as an undrafted guy is is huge. But then not playing, I think that's kind of that's that's not a big deal, right? But to stay steadfast the whole year and be ready when your moment is called, look forward to seeing guys that do stuff like that. Well, the difference <clears throat> being your first 3 rounds of draft picks, you expect those guys to be competitive to play. starters. Yes. Okay. At some point so, Yes, yes, at mm-hmm. some point. You'd like to see it sooner rather than yep. later. But right. in any event, Charlie, so so yes, okay? We, we've now discussed a logical point that you've brought up on the program. <laughs> we'll mark this down on the calendar as a monumental event. Hey, can I leave you guys with a question yes. you can ponder? Sure. How does a gluten-free family stick together? Oh, my God. <laughs> Goodbye, Charlie. 201-939-4513 is our number on Big Blue Kickoff Live. You were so kind to him. Yeah, I like, Let, I'm like. i trying Lance, to be kind to everybody. Lance, 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 Lance would be very disappointed in you. <laughs> See, like, I, I, for me, I attack it with kindness. You know, I attack it with love, you know. So if he comes at me, you know, with, you know, I don't know, an attitude or he comes at me with a with a kind of messed up question, I'm going to hit him with love, you know, See, so maybe next time he'll readjust his position. My problem is I actually try to listen to him and see if there's a shred of logic <laughs> before I attack him. And on these rare occasions where he actually comes with something worth at least 
a couple of crumbs. Yeah, yeah. I got to tip my cap and say, Charlie, that was a pretty good, good call. He's a very consistent caller, so. Anyway, back uh, to the phones at 201-939-4513. Len from Columbia, Maryland is on line two. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good to talk to you, Len. What's up, Len? Well, yeah, well, here we go again. I, I, I get to follow my good friend, Charlie. <laughs> and, and Paul, I, I, I take your approach. I listen to Charlie very closely and... Uh, you know, then th- think through. He's he. I think personally, he's right more times than he's wrong. When he, when I he wouldn't in. go there, but, Len. But I would not go there. But but he but, does occasionally find the nut in the middle of the forest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to disagree agree with him on the last call, and I'll get to that in just a second. I wanted to say something about the schedule. Two two points of views, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one from the team point of view. You know, I mean, it is what it is. It's okay. There, you you can find some positives in in the sequencing of games. I mean, we knew who the teams were. Um, we just didn't know when we were going to play them and so forth. We even knew where we were going to play them. But right. Um, so I I think there's some things about the schedule that are positive that work out okay. And um, as the when an earlier caller said, you know, we got a better team this year. I'm I'm not too worried about any of them, to be honest with you. Um, just give me that equality of injuries. Guys are going to get hurt. Just don't let me get wiped out at one position mm-hmm. where, where I'm playing my fifth tight end or seventh quarterback or you know something along those lines. But I think it came all right. Now, the other viewpoint from, from a season ticket holder, Jonathan, uh, I don't know. Boy, man, a lot of night games. Uh, I'm glad we're not playing at home on Christmas Day. Seven uh, Sundays at one on the whole schedule. Yeah, yeah. Seven ideal. out of 17. Yeah, that would be ideal. As you know, no, 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 no. That's what it is, Len. Yeah, seven yeah. out of the 17 games are Sunday at one. Whether they're home or away, only seven Sundays at one. Yeah. That's not a oh, lot. Wow. Yeah. No, no, that's not a lot. Not a lot. And, of course, i got to do a little traveling to get to them, which I don't mind doing. Uh, it's just um, that that's going to make it a little unwieldy. But I'm looking forward to the season. Uh, and Len, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there no matter when. I'm going to be there no matter when it is. Len, <laughs> so, real quick, you said that you you happy that they're not playing home on Christmas? Did you say that? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, I'm well, glad. Giants Christmas are in Philly. Day. I know, but why did you say that? I don't understand why. Well, you because say he does not, not have to have a ticket and come to the game. He can stay oh, home yeah. and watch it. Home. Okay, that's why I was trying yeah. to understand. Understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and yeah. by the way, yeah. Len, Len, you may you may disagree with this, but I think you're going to agree with me. Look, on on Christmas. A lot of families and friends party on Christmas. They have Christmas parties. Yeah. They have opening presents parties and yeah. stuff like that. Right. What's right. so bad about having friends and family at your house watching the game? Yeah. What's so yeah. bad about that? There we do go. it on well, Thanksgiving. Well, don't we? for, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For a lot of Giants fans, it's going to be good, and it would be for me too. I'm just glad that I don't have to travel on Christmas Day to get to the, you know, get to the stadium. Uh, to that's see understood. Game. That's I'm understandable now. I'm I got with you. you. I think. I yeah. think a road game on the holiday is not a bad thing at all. Yep. Now, if it's home, yeah. it interrupts everything because now you yeah, have a right. ticket and you want to use the right. ticket, right. and you right. can't be at home. But if now, you, if you the, could have a spread in front of you, why not? Right. Nice yeah. spread. little party. Now, while, while I might complain a little bit about the Packers game on a Monday night in December, uh, if that last Eagles game, you know, the last game of the season, mm-hmm. if that if that game means something, I don't care what time of day we play it. I'm, I'm just glad to be there. Oh, they'll flex it. Trust <laughs> me. It's going to prime time. If that it means game. something, it's going to prime time. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I don't care if we play that one at midnight if it means something. I'll I'm with there. you. I'll be glad to see that. Now, let me let me say something about Charlie's point. Um, uh, and with, with all due respect, Charlie, if he's listening, um, let me make this bold statement and see what you guys say. You're probably going to jump on me here, but I'm going to say it anyway. If um, Banks and Schmitz don't start on opening day, they they were not the right pick. They were not the right pick. That's not correct. Given the roster, given the given the roster, Blaine, that's not correct. You know why? Okay. No, right. here's why. Here's why that's not correct. Okay, go because ahead. a a you don't know what their learning curve is going to be. And some guys have a little bit of a longer longer learning curve. Maybe they start in week five because they're a tad, tad slow in picking it up at the start of the season. Maybe one of those guys tweaks a hammy during training camp and doesn't get okay. enough preseason snaps to be ready. Oh yeah, How, okay. You can't hold yeah. that against yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but to be thinking at this point that they might not be. I, I mean, I understand the injury. Oh, no, you just and have to be realistic. Nicks, even the little nicks and bruises. I, I mean, I get that, Paulie, but come on, we traded up for the guy in the first round. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got. If he's healthy going into that first game, he's going to be the starter. You've got to put right, you gotta write on. his name in the thing. Hold on, hold on. Jonathan, help yeah. me out here. The guy's a yeah. corner, okay? Rookie corners have a hell of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And they also not only need to know your playbook, they also need to know how to deal with disaster, okay? There's a lot of mental games that go on with rookie corners in this league. 100%. And, and, and if you're not ready for that, then it's a mistake for the coaches to put well, you in just because you're a first rounder. That's not well, a good thing. Yeah, all right, I, I, w- I would say though, I would say that that that's a, de- a determination that scouts and coaching staff make before you trade up in the first round to somebody. I mean, that's something you you got to have. It. That's a, now you're talking about Len, a third and a fourth. Len, round Len, Len, you, now you're, you're talking being, about a third and a fourth. Yeah, round but round. you're being very paranoid because you don't know the guy's learning curve till he gets to the building. Yeah, and and well, with this point too, Len, think about this. What if we put him out there and he's really not that good? So now on, with your standards, well, it's like okay, well, he uh, checked the box. He was a good <laughs> draft pick, but what if halfway through the season he's getting killed the whole year and they bench him? You know what yeah, I mean? Like now, if like if, it, if he's it, it, John, yeah. if he's really if he's really not that good, and that's the reason why he's not starting, I'm I'm looking to scout. I'm looking at the guys who bang their shoe on the table, telling me this is a guy we should trade up for. Let, Len, asking him what the heck were you looking at? Len, you are going way off the road yeah. here. I mean, Len, you're not you're not drafting you're not drafting guys that early to start week one. You're drafting him to have a long career for your organization. Bingo. Now, now, well, let me let me let me say one thing here. Now, remember, this is all I'm coming from the standpoint of I'm looking at this roster. I'm looking at this roster. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And Schmitz is the starting center on opening day if he's healthy. Well, that's the plan. And, and, yeah, that that's and, the plan. That's the reason why they got him I'm in the second at, round. Paulie, I'm looking at this roster. Banks is the starter on opening day. Tell me the cornerbacks who are going to start in front of him. Don't tell me about learning. Tell me the cornerbacks who have shown to you that they Hold can on. play in this league. Flott and, and Robinson. And yeah, come on. Tell Flott me. and tell Robinson me. have both been here for Flott. a year. All right. Let me, let me say something. Actually, about Rob, Robinson even longer. Yeah. You, you, you know, I, I, I was not a big fan of that draft that year with Flott. But, but let, let me, and I saw him in camp, and I, I love the catch-up speed. I love the way you're playing. Paulie, 170 pounds soaking wet. 17 weeks at cornerback. What, but we're not talking about... 40 to 45 oh. plays a game. Len, said, Len, 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 hold on, hold on. We're yeah, not yeah. talking about putting Banks on the bench for 17 weeks. What you're saying okay. is if Open he doesn't bench. start week one, it's a All failure. Right. We're telling All you right. that is ridiculous. Okay, let me, let, let, let's leave it at this, because you probably have other callers, and it's always great to talk to you, and you've kept me on for, for a while, and I really do appreciate that. All right, that. Len, go ahead. In, one more thing, opinion, real quick. In my opinion, in my opinion... Banks and Schmidt are day one starters. Hey, well, thanks for taking my call, guys. All right, Len. Well, <laughs> Thank you. Was Len frustrated at the end right there? I mean, I just don't know why he would restrict his opinion to one week's game. Right. I don't get that. Because what if they all start, all three of them start, and none of them finish the season? Let if What if they do it and they're healthy and they don't finish the season, meaning they weren't good I'm enough to start I'm going to make it real simple. One? What if all three of the first three draft picks – earn second contracts, and wind up being right. a big part of this team for the next seven or eight years. Yep. But they didn't start, they didn't week, start one, week one. So, no, nope, right. no good. Right. Failure. That's bad. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I don't think you can... <laughs> Len, Len, you have... I get your point. I get your point. But like I said earlier, the Giants will not draft a guy first round, second round, and third round with the thought that he's going to be a day one starter. It's the thought that this guy can be a help to our program for a good amount of years, not just the first game. Yeah, you think that it would be good for them to start, but if they're not ready, like Paul alluded to your first point, if they're not ready, they're not ready. Some guys have a little bit of a learning curve. You know, you're, you're teaching a whole new defense offense to these guys, all new terminology, all new men that they're working with. You know, what if they have an injury, like you said, early in training camp or during training camp? I'll give you another case. They play Dallas opening day at home. Ben Bredesen right now is the backup center, and he's had some experience doing it. 
All right. Offensive lineman, been in this league for a few years. What if they think that because of Dallas's front, which is very good, mm-hmm. and they run a ton of stunts and a bunch of complex different things, what if they think that, you know what, just for week one, maybe we should start the veteran because he's a little bit better prepared for all the crap that Dallas is going to throw at him and to throw John Michael Schmitz right out of the gate against that defense might be a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, I, I agree. I can see them doing that. But then I also can see John Michael Schmidt actually being uh, a very intelligent offensive lineman. And that's and, what we've heard. And understanding the concepts of defensive linemen and their stunts. So maybe he's ready. Yeah, maybe he's ready. But we just don't know. We don't know. And we we want these guys to be starters. I think we were Absolutely. all happy about their definitely their top three draft picks this year. And we all like, okay, these guys are playmakers in the NFL. But we don't know if they're going to be available week one. We don't know if they're going to be starting or playing at all week one. You know, and but we all think that they can have substantial careers in the NFL. But I don't think none of us are like, this guy, when I say us, the broadcast team, I don't think anybody's saying this guy needs to start week one. I don't think we have a guy like that. I think the coaches would love for that to happen. Mm -hmm. You would love for every guy that you picked to accelerate his learning curve as quickly as possible so that you can feel comfortable putting him in the starting lineup in week one. That's great. That's a win-win. Wonderful. But if it's not, you don't panic. That's all. Like you don't grade the draft after week two. No. You don't don't really grade the draft after year one. Three years. Got to have a couple years in. Then you grade grade that draft class. Anyway, I think that's going to close up shop for today. Thank you, Lynn and Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, did you hear that? He thanked you for the phone call. Next time Lance kicks you off the air, <laughs> just remember hey, JC that would JC, never do this. JC gave you some love, okay? <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Remember, we are here Monday to Friday, 1230 to 130 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial us up at 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Uh, he is Jonathan Casillas. I'm Paul Dottino. Remember, you can catch a archive of this program on Giants.com slash podcasts and all of your favorite podcast platforms everywhere. So long, everybody. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.